This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water, vitamin water. Regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Copyright 2020, Glasso. Hey guys, this episode of Life is Dope is brought to you by Megafauna. Uh, Megafauna is a creative supply located at 31st and Blake in the Rhino Art District in Denver, Colorado. For a full list of design, print, and creative services, they're available at artperil.com. That is artperil.com. The set curator for Life is Dope is Duncan Dash Designs. For all of your interior design and art curator needs, visit DuncanDash.com. Catering and beverage is sponsored by Barrels Beer Company, located in the Rhino Art District. Barrels is a true small batch brewer located at 3120 Blake Street. Check him out at BarrelsBeerCo.com. Drink up. Also, shout out to The Sessions. They're an affiliate media partner that produces a live music event bi-monthly as a platform for independent musicians and artists. Check him out at The Sessions Uncut on Facebook. Hell yeah! Yo, yo, it's the Life is Dope Podcast. I'm your man, Graffiti. Yo, what's good? It's Davey. How you feeling, bro? Yeah, I feel great. Uh, at the moment, uh, which, uh, Trump has not been impeached yet. Okay. You think it's going to happen for real? Uh, maybe not this year. Mm. If it happens this year, I'll be like, wow, that was fast. So, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not the most political motherfucker, but if we impeach Trump... Does that make Mike Pence the president? Yes. So do we really want to impeach this motherfucker? Nah. Yeah. It gets, it gets very tricky because they are also clowns. That's real. If you just get rid of the head clown, you still got the But is he really the head clown? I think he's just like the dumbest clown of the crew. So if we get the clown, the clown that really knows what he's doing, we might really be fucked. Deep or not? Nah? I mean, you already have an administration full of clowns, so you gotta be Oh, circus talk. Bars. Bars. Hell yeah, what else is going on in the world, bro? Uh, North Korea is still firing missiles. It's getting it's getting further. This one was like 500 kilometers. Hey, bro, I fucks with North Korea. Straight up. Alright, that was that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't fuss with them <laughs> by yourself on that one. I'm just saying, man, we don't want to be their enemies, and they over there like, hey, we don't care, we'll blow some shit up. But they also just talking mad shit. They're like, yo. But I mean, that's death, death to everybody. I'm like, man, let your missiles go, like, <laughs> pop off first. <laughs> yeah, like your missiles just ending up in the ocean. And... So Davey's saying he he wants them to pop off, and I'm saying like I fuck with him. Like at first, I was kind of nervous, but then yeah. I'm like, after I saw how far the missiles can go, I'm like, shit ain't doing nothing. Little ass missiles, the fuck out of here. Anyways, I fuck with y'all North Korea. If y'all listening to North Korea, man, <laughs> y'all my y'all my niggas for real. Hold it down. Save me a spot. Shit, I'm with y'all. Fuck what they talking about. We got here today. <laughs> we got a special guest in the building today. So we got a, a you said a raptivist? An activist. Artivist. Artivist. Damn, I already for an artivist. Artivist. MC. Mover of the crowd. Master of ceremonies. Oh. Miss Bianca McKay. Y'all make some noise. Hey. How you feeling? Some things that are amazing and some things that are horrendous, so I mm. average out to okay. 
You want to talk about the horrendous or the amazing first? Um, because horrendous is a hell of a way to explain something. I know, some shit. right? I'm, yeah. a, I'm a fan of hyperbole, but it's also accurate sometimes. Mm. Um, <laughs> let's talk amazing. Let's okay. talk amazing most. What's going on so amazing in your world right now? What do you do? Tell the people about yourself. Well, um, well, real quick, before we before we get into that, let oh. me drop this disclaimer. For uh, everyone in the room, oh, you are being video recorded. Yeah. So if you doing anything <laughs> crazy in the background. Now we got to drop disclaimers. <laughs> now everybody can see that. Oh, so <laughs> Shout out to Squeezy Taylor back there reading the Playboy. <laughs> Just, just don't, just keep the cover down, man. Keep the cover down. All right, work. That's, that's all I wanted to say. I didn't want to make. We it be having guests and shit, and they don't be knowing that they on the show too. Work, but yeah, no, what's, go ahead. My bad. It's back really to you. okay, you know, because I would have had the nice blank. Like, so about propriety in our mm. scene. Well, you know, and it's crazy back there, just like Jack. She said, "Titties is a bouncer." I think there's room for everything. I um. I utilize um, sound waves and some of my thoughts and things like that and experiences to kind of help liberate other communities and folks that I come across. Mm. Um, That happens to turn into art most often, and I get to share that with schools and residential treatment facilities and... um, Partnering nonprofits, I work with an amazing group called Youth on Record. Youth on Record. Yeah, Youth on Record that increases graduation rates through creative education. Um, I foster this program called Check Your Head and authored a curriculum for that that's all about arts and mental wellness. Okay. Um, so I've just been using art my whole life to like be somewhat okay and so that's my job now is to teach people art so that they're somewhat okay art. seems to be most of what we can get right now like, ah, you know he hasn't been impeached yet but we're working on it right. <laughs> seems to be all right yeah so so mental health mm-hmm. in the youth <gasps> dun, dun, dun. that's like the big big thing for you right there it's a big thing for all of us and it always always has been um but I think now we've just got more language. Mm. You know, we've got way more language. And looking at, like, I've always been surrounded by activists. I grew up in a union household. My first picket line was when I was seven. Like, Damn. no, we put our voices together and we changed things. Right. Um, but then at the same time, kind of having my own experiences, which I always say were, like, extraordinarily ordinary. Mm. They... The things that I went through, I know how to articulate them to make it sound like a movie, but it's something that a lot of people are going through um, and experiencing. So being able to maybe be creative in how I describe it, um, as well as putting technical information with it, helps a lot. And our young people, I mean, a lot of us aren't okay. A lot of us are not okay, but our young people are um you know they're even more impulsive they're even less like um listen to all of those things so right it's it's epidemic status so do you feel like that's something that's just swept under the rug especially in the black community i mean yes i yes <laughs> like for me it was everything but um and and what i've always dealt with is misdiagnosis to this day because you know being black in western medicine but um (laughs) growing up it's you're too sensitive you're too mean you just don't care you know all of these different things risky sexual behaviors like come on that can't be because you were abused forever 
that's because um, you just want to do this with your body or whatever. So I think, or, and know that we sweep it under so many ways. Right. Um, violence in our communities, a lot of that, even though we're attacking someone else, that shit is self-harm. Yeah. Like, how many walls your friends punch? My friends punch a lot of walls. But you know that's going to hurt your hand. Is that any different than a motherfucker who puts their hand on a stove or something? Like, mm. And so being exposed to a lot of different communities, I, um, I see that it's universal. I've done this stuff. I've done shows and stuff in whatever, you know, affluent communities. And you go to Taos and you go to Santa Fe and these art, you know, covens and... And they get to, in this relaxed environment, pontificate and experience, but they're in pain. Pontificate. Yeah. And then you go to, Can you tell you me know, what that means real quick before you go Pontificate that, yeah, um, you know, I know up. more usage than definitions. Okay. <laughs> um, pontificate, to speak at length, in my opinion, sometimes without um, true relevance. Pontificate. I just needed a word for today. A whole bunch of words without arms, you know? Pontificate. Um, But then the the pain in these affluent communities is for different reasons, um, but very similar to the pain that happens in the hood with our folks in the underserved communities. You could be lonely in a big-ass mansion. You could be lonely in an overcrowded school. Right. Uh, Yeah, so it's just... The thing, the thing. I know people who know about vegetables and all of that, but right. if you don't care about life, you ain't gonna fuck with vegetables. Um, I know people who are really into sustainable housing, but I also know people who are homeless because it's too much to keep a house. Right. It's just too much. I've been at that point where I was like, or, or I could just walk off into the motherfucking night. Mm. I could just not, like... And not even like direct suicide, but I could just let go of the trappings of society. I right. could just do something easier. Um, so yeah, I see it everywhere, absolutely everywhere. So have you always been so socially aware, or was it something that you more so grew into, or learned, or became just awake about, or? Nah, um, I was raised woke. Okay. <laughs> woke. I, was, I was born woke and I don't even exaggerate I grew up in Westminster okay. I was one of handful of brown families in Westminster so my dad the talk that is like public now that everybody's saying oh you have to tell your son what before he leaves the house like mm. that was a given early I mean my dad had to say no please understand the neighbors smile at you like this but they are looking for your weakness you don't go anywhere hungry you don't accept food wow. um you are not safe you will yes sir no sir um, i don't care what a policeman does to you keep your hands visible like all the things that are coming out now it's just like of course that's what we right. were told right. and my brother fought every day after school off of race stuff and um i also had parents who had a lot of words my mom read everything um, she didn't read everything. She read fiction, but she read a lot of it. Right. <laughs> um, and my dad was just always, always seeking and searching and, you know, pushing. He was always just an activist heart. And then my uncles were educators. Um, Andre Shaw, who was all over DSA and Manual, my fellow coaching yeah. and Shouts stuff. to Andre Shaw. Yeah, you familiar? I knew somebody in the room would know that name if I say it, because somebody always knows that name. <laughs> Um, so it was just those things, the disparity between my experience and somebody else's, the fact that I was going to be alienated, the fact that it wasn't fair, but I had to perform all of those things were just 
That's common sense, you know. Did you ever feel like an outcast or a weirdo? <laughs> no. No, I fit everywhere I go. You you saying that? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, because you use words like what? Ponticorate or whatever that word that I didn't know. Pontificate? Yeah. I don't fit anywhere word. I go. But um, I fit in myself. And so it makes it... I actually didn't want to be a performer. Mm. But well, if everybody's watching you anyway, then you give them a fucking show. Yeah, that's <laughs> real. That's a quotable. <laughs> so speaking of being a performer, you are an MC. I am. Yes, sir. With that rap like, like. What is the rap like? Yeah, rap what's that life rap life like? like? That's a tongue twister. Like balls. A it's balls. No, it's great. I'm Damn. so addicted to it. No, dig because I came from the poetry side of things. Poetry pays far better. Okay. Poetry has a more linear um, mode of promotion. Um, poetry has it's more accessible. Mm. Um, as long as I and I wouldn't say I think overall it's the same principles but there's just a lot of I feel like bumps and, and blocks and interesting things that happen in the hip hop space um, so you take a I mean depending on where you come from you take a pay cut when you go to I took a pay cut to be a rapper right. um, I can't quit it though I just I just need it I just fucking need it Like it's called passion it's just everything. It was hard when I was pregnant and while I first had the baby, I wasn't memorizing. And that's exactly where those things, like those rhythms, when I have anxiety to this day, those rhythms, like they help study my heartbeat, mm. literally. And they help organize um, my thoughts when they're racing and things. So having new verses to run is the thing that keeps me from being wild a lot of times. Yeah. Poems do some of the same. But actually, it's the rhythm. It's like being like, right now, that's one of my verses I have, and I'm just like, it's it's the fact that it has that anger. Steal that shit and make a beat right now. Look, you got on the computer right now. You about to produce that shit right now. He just sampled and looped you. Of course. I'm saying that has been a new thing. Like, I've always played and tried to play viola growing up, but then that was one of those things. Like, I didn't have, my parents were working all the time. You know, I didn't have access to the the camps and the extra and the tutors and whatever so i had to make my art something that i could teach me and something that i could take to the next step and both of course poetry and 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 seeing were just that it also gave me equality um or helped with that um i wanted to do what my brothers were doing i have Mm. a family full of brothers and that those they were my friends (laughs) and like their friends were my friends and I just always wanted to be as much as they were. And this was one area where it's like, okay, I can't, I can try and wrestle. And like, I have heart. I am the size I am. (laughs) I can do this, I can do that. But this is one area where at least in theory, it's like a level playing field and math is math. Like I could be just as human as you here. In theory. Bars. As a um, as a raptivist, how do you feel about the current state of hip hop? I'm really excited. Really? I'm really excited. Why is yes, because there's so many good things happening. There's so many good things happening. Um, trap rappers are writing their bars the way jazz artists were writing their bars to a certain extent. Yeah, the mm, timing's a bit different, but they're getting back into just pure cadence. Yeah, like the content is super challenging. I actually, <laughs> I was working at Youth Thought Record. 
<laughs> on Saturday and there were some young ones dancing to a song that I had to stop and be like, oh, what we're not going to do in public is dance to the song and saying, somebody's got a dick for everyone. Ow. <laughs> it's like, Hold on, what? like, for everyone, he what? said. He said somebody got dick for, for every, everyone? I don't, I'm sure, I don't know He's listening the exact to. chorus. They were making like, had a to dance yachty. to it because they're a Jan's dance oh troupe. Yes, exactly, right? But um, <laughs> Hell no. it was walking there and they all juju and I'm like, I think for everybody. And they were playing in the courtyard it just and it was just air. booming right. across all the apartment buildings and I was like, ah! hey, the, the beat was it. probably lit it's though. Like, it, it, the beat was super lit. <laughs> ah, that's how you do it. Um, I think that there's some for I think it's a really important time to know what what you want. Mm. What you want, you can find and support. Work. It's all right there. Um, I don't think because... Now, this is my thing with mental health, even. I don't think because we're talking about trying to be healthy, it means that we talk about <clears throat> being healthy. I know people who are rapping about all the right things, and they are breaking everything. Right, right, right. Like, I trust people who, are, who can talk about their imperfections, who can talk about their struggles, who could be like... Old dude's got a song right now. It's like, no, that I saw that move people. Right. I saw that be like, you know what? Here's some things that I need to work on. And I did a round of that. Actually, me, speech, my friend Day, like all the... The head rap raps. Ah, you I said the word. The head rap rappers. Oh, I wanted head rap so problematic, man. <laughs> I, I can't sing shit. far enough in the chair. I was going to make her melt and shit. Oh, <laughs> Head wraps. I told everybody stop calling me camera, queen right? yeah, like yeah. seven years ago. Don't call me queen. Mm. Don't. And now don't call you like, queen. Hold up, pause. You said don't call you queen. What's Explain the point? that, please. What's the point? No, because we yeah, were on the same no, page. Yeah, no, that's exactly. Yeah. I don't. I saw people be called queen that were breaking everything and lying a lot. Mm. I saw people who still call themselves king, who were charlatans. Mm. I don't. In my belief and like especially with having a, a special brain <laughs> um that really needs to know what it knows because anything could be real to me so like anything i need to know like i could fuck with anything just just be authentic the authenticity is the most important thing queen insinuates that you are presiding over right. masses it insinuates that you have people who do your work for you it insinuates a lot of things and i know that's not what people mean but like I'm all set. Um, call me real. Call me honest <laughs> all day. Call me uh, genuine. And like, yeah, cool. If you want to bow, then that's awesome. Like I feel like I'm big sometimes too. But, but don't nah, call I'm you all queen. set. That shit's a game. And it didn't get like the first time I got into it didn't get any anybody anything when I, I went through a breakdown in 2010 mm. and so did most of my crew like legit mental breakdowns mm. lost homes lost cars lost assets lost jobs um and everybody called them queen the whole time damn so i'm all set <laughs> i'm all set let's just be authentic so i do want to get your take on a situation that happened so did you hear about uh shia moisture and the and <laughs> this everything that happened shia? Damn, bro. Ain't that's, a, that's Aurora talk, bro. Shea, Shea, like Shea moisture. Shea, <laughs> In the lump of the day. 
<laughs> I read it how it's spelled. Nigga. As the nigga said, she. Natural. Why, who the hell is she? Huh? Black girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how authentic am I? Yo, they gonna cook me for that one. Oh yeah, nigga, you a meme for that one, bro. Like, how deep are your edits? Or <laughs> nah, we editing that shit. Um, he's like, nope, nope, we're going in. Take two. How do you feel about uh, shade moisture? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um. I think it's really interesting how brands are at least having to pretend to be accountable. Um, I remember the first time, or right around the first time, that I saw an ad in Target that looked like me. I legit gasped. Mm. Um, so that does super matter. I think that the internet is relentless <laughs> and not patient at all. Um, and if I'm being honest, it's in the shower right now. Oh, I'm a bad revolutionary. But you, I am. but you still, you still. I use it. it. I still use it. I had. I stocked up. They do the two for one. You got I'm to. I'm not throwing those out. That's real, man. I feel like <laughs> there got to be like limits to to your your wokeness, because you know when everybody was like boycotting Chick Fil A or something like that. They they said something. Oh, because they have horrible politics. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm gonna go get my waffle fries. You know? <laughs> like, I'll be as black like, as I want to be, but I am not gonna. I'm not about to stop eating Chick Fil A. You just have to wear a trench coat and go get Chick Fil A. No, I'm like. still gonna eat my Chick Fil A. So like, you gotta have some, you know. I think it's you know okay. So I got challenged in a <laughs> way that I didn't about. like and like chewed on for a while. Yeah. Um, because I overthink everything. But there was this, um, there's this really amazing entrepreneur and like really promotes black um, owned business. I hope I'm saying her name right, Jice Johnson. Jice, just Jice, Jice, yeah, awesome, um, really great. Talking about financial, you know, freedom, all those different things. And she put up a status like, and I wasn't writing about. I can't, man, life is so real. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I can't bang about conditioner. I can't. But it was funny, yeah. and she put up like we're so quick to abandon black-owned business, and was kind of talking about the facts around it of. You know, they, yes, they did sell the bank capital, but it's a non-controlling, um, you know, percentage of shares mm -hmm. that's owned. Having worked in that industry, anything over 15% is going to be influencing, if not controlling. Mm -hmm. But she was, I was like, you know, for me, it's the ingredient listing. And I commented on her post saying, why would you abandon black business so quickly? And I was like, well, they said they changed the ingredients. And she got me because she was like, have you seen it? Mm. With your eyeballs, though. And I was like, yeah, I have. And got so ready to be like, <laughs> I'm about to. <laughs> Type in caps on this one. And then I had to do a search. Mm. And then I went and hit. At the point that I was about to text my friend and be like, wait, what do your labels look like? I was like, no, I'm jumping my gun. Like, Because you feel like people just be fake mad? I feel, I feel like, like people would be fake mad. I think that maybe. And like, luckily, I didn't let myself get mad about that thing. But yeah, mm. it was like, uh, am I attaching to something? I'm attaching to a fact I don't know. Right. My label is the same. I legit have been using this stuff. So you still gonna use as Davy calls it, Shea Moisture. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I use cocoa butter. So why am I supposed to know? <laughs> I always look for like I do look for independent products. Um, right. My body butter right now is a Shea Whip that is um, made by Janae Donaldson. I forget her business right now. I'm failing. Um, if my friends make it, I'm gonna do that first. Definitely, right. always. But um, he's from DC, from Duke. Um, Do you feel like it is tough for black people to support black businesses? I know that it is. Why? I, because we've been trained. Mm. Because because growing up in America, have you read Blink by Malcolm Gladwell? I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, no. no, it's okay. I'm lie. Yeah, I read. 
Yeah. You said you will lie? He said totally. Four we times. Read that shit, no. He read it last month. Um, no, it's it's the basic principle that anything that has gone through rigors or challenge or anything like that is you're going to have to ask yourself an additional question, even if you didn't teach yourself that question. Um, it's, it just happens. That's why black folks in general get less smiles on the street than anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's why women don't always meet everybody at the table because they don't introduce themselves. It's, it's so many things. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've been taught, like, not that. So even if you're thinking, oh, I've been taught not that, and I'm going to go around that to actually get to that, that's three extra seconds of having to contemplate. How fast do you make decisions online? Right, right. Yeah, sure. about two, three Rapidly. seconds, right, before you leave or stay on the website. Yeah. So the, that thin slicing is what it's called, and what, what Malcolm Gladwell talks about is the decisions in a moment that make us say yes or no to something. Mm. So what about black businesses? Aren't black brands allowed to expand past the black consumer? Uh-oh. Or are they not? I know we're about to get at. We're going to argue. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> are we? Yeah. I don't think we are. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, me and Navy are going to argue. Oh, okay. Because, cool. essentially that was that. The, because essentially that was the issue is that Shea Moisture yeah, was trying they to serve other... you know, appeal to other demographics. You know. Can they do that? I think that, I mean, if we are going to talk about genuine financial freedom, then we absolutely have to. We don't have the economic power in our community to, like, generate that. Like, it's going to take so much time if we do it just between us. Right. My music is not just for black folks. Mm -hmm. I very much hope. And when I was younger, that was important to me because especially being like mixed black or coming from Westminster, I needed that confirmation to be like, we're us, right? Mm. Right? I'm you, right? Um, Now it's like the things that I need to talk about, not all my students are like, I have mostly Mexican students. Like, I need to know that my tribe can be outside of folks who look like me in the same regard when we only have a little bit that we feel like is ours. Right. Then how do we, how do we make sure that that we have our space while still extending out? I don't know. And what I thought you was about to get at is big baller brand, because we talked about this before. How... <laughs> you got serious in the No, 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 because we were talking about how you know they're selling the sneakers for like four hundred ninety-five dollars. We know you buy it. Hell no, I can't afford them shit. <laughs> but see, that's that's the, that's the issue. Like just because you can do that. Is it okay morally? Like pricing out your market? Yeah, because I mean the sneakers is like what, like four hundred ninety five dollars or something like that. It's five hundred bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know his core market is young black men, and most of them can't afford that Mm -hmm. shit. But he gonna get that check regardless. Like, is that okay? Because at the end of the day, this is a young black brother getting to the money. But I think it's okay because if I got to rob somebody, get some sneakers, be cool. Like, goddamn. If it causes, yeah, I think that black Mm -hmm. brands are allowed to have nuance. There's allowed to be, there's allowed to be, you know, expensive black brands and Mm. affordable black brands. No, completely. And I think a brand, like when I was in sales, that's what you do. You don't have high ticket items just as your, I mean, you can definitely. But if you're thinking about accessibility as well as like having that high level quality, then you just have a range. You know, right. you have, 
your your high ticket items that you can that people might only buy once every year two years something like that and then you have your things that maybe they'll pick up all the time Mm. um so something like that having different levels of those shoes or i don't know exactly what that looks like because folks are still gonna get clown if they have the cheap ones right but but having that you know like okay are you gonna do hats as well can you make your hats maybe a bit more affordable can where's where where's space for this population in your market right so i think that's where it the complexion happens is the black brand because mm-hmm. i for instance <clears throat> say i want to sell a hoodie say i want to sell it for like 150 bucks mm-hmm. you look at me selling that for 150 bucks niggas gonna be like bruh like come on now that shit's expensive but you can go to the mall and get like a terrible hoodie with less quality for the mm-hmm. same price and not blink twice. Cause Talk it your wasn't, shit, graffiti. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't a black brand. Like, no, it's very true. That's that bullshit. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm going to buy a piece of art from a gallery, but not necessarily off yeah. the corner. But then I feel guilty for trying to charge for what I feel like is worth. Mm-hmm. Like, I shouldn't feel guilty like that. But why, does, but why does black have to be on sale? Or That's what I'm trying to say. That's yeah. my question. That's what I'm trying to say. Why we gotta be discount all the time? And all of that we don't. And I think that that's a wonderful thing. Is now we can really. I think with things like you know having access and social media gets you everywhere. That in Denver Mm. we couldn't do that before. Right. Like oh you could, but how long is your business gonna last? Because we don't even have the market. We don't have the older. I mean, of course, there's no old black money for real because they Mm. just make sure you burn it as soon as you get a pile. (laughs) Like uh, back then, we're good now, right? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> I didn't believe. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna get that train of thought back so hard, and it's gonna be all mine. <laughs> let's talk about since you're talking about or that. Let's talk about gentrification. Mm. Since we in the east side, uh, Rhino, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. How you feel about it? It aches. It hurts. Um, none of my schools are up. Now that's in Westminster. Mm. My schools weren't up seven years ago. None of the schools I went to, my history is is literally saddens through the hourglass and things. Like, um, I wonder, I wonder a lot of things. I wonder what it does to people when you can't look back at where you were on a physical standpoint and the value of that when your environments aren't treated like institutions. Um, that's interesting. I wonder what you can even do. It's math, right? Yeah, but I suck at math. So <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to do. It's gonna bang out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's one of those things. Like right now, technically, we're in a gentrified building. Mm-hmm. So I mean, when my neighbor, I was over at Mayfair. I'm in Virginia Vale now. I was in Mayfair, mm-hmm. which is like you know Colfax and Monaco-ish, right around there. Um, I was excited when the coffee roaster came. Mm. Mm. I was. And they got a salon. Work. Right? So, like, it sucks until I want to go ahead and move to Albuquerque. And then I can go ahead and take my little bit more whatever I got and ask them to put a marble splash back on my new whatever I buy there. Right, so, right. it's wrong until you got the loot, right? My, my friend just purchased in D.C. And she purchased on a block where there are actually transitional shelters mm. for like singles mo- single moms in housing um, her purchasing black young family two kids like the dream right her purchasing on that block challenges those shelters right um, 
because they technically got too many of them because there's that much need because <laughs> life is fucking hard right. um and so what so what right does she accept that there's going to be a lot of dangerous traffic on that block because there is a crazy amount of wildness that happens when people know where the hurt women are um or does you know she's got a daughter what does that mean right. what does all that mean I don't know. I am a gentrifier, and I am being gentrified. So what is the cure to gentrification? Because... Uh, Make money! Make all the money! <laughs> because now, you know, you, I can't imagine being able to, able to walk through Five Points at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. like you can probably do now. That shit was weird, bro. When we left Cervantes the other night, it was like... There's like hella crips over here, and then there's hella hippies over here, <laughs> and then like a couple guy, crackheads right? sprinkled in. I'm like, this shit is weird. I don't know how to feel. Like, do I grab my strap or do I go make a friend? Like, what's yeah. really going on? Do I try to get a bag out here? Because <laughs> I, I don't know what be going on. Because the All issue isn't the issue isn't them making it nice. The issue is that no, they no. make it nice and then they price out and displace certain demographics. And did they make it nice? Did they make it nice because they didn't build sidewalks? Right, right. They didn't. Developers came before, you know, the, the developers decide which real estate is going to be valuable. Yeah. So all of that, all the crap that goes into, well, if you had kept it this way, because I did that. I, I do music production at manual, Mondays, Wednesday, Fridays. Like, right. I'm over there and I'm seeing my youth who come in frustrated because they got glared at on their way to school right. or got cops called because they're in the alleyways during lunch. Oh my God, how dare they? Um, and I guess let me correct myself, make it their version of nice. Yeah, but even technically, like, I have a baby now. I need, a, I would very much prefer a wider sidewalk that I don't have to, like, off-road her through. Right. But um, it wasn't. You know, the developers came through and decided which small businesses would get loans. It wasn't like we weren't trying to keep our neighborhoods nice. We didn't get the loans. We didn't get folks being working. Um, The investment wasn't there. You know, so because day, right when you, you got, got that hundred fifty dollar yeah. hoodie, if I come to you and say, "No, I know we need a grocery store here," right? I know we do. There's still food. There's a food desert. Do you know that there's a high school and there's no fast food anything around there? The Whittier Cafe is the only thing, and then that that um mini grocer right there on Twenty Fifth and Williams. Hmm. The only thing that those kids can go to off campus for lunch. Like, that's just dumb. That's just bad business. And you can't tell me that somebody hasn't tried to get a loan or something to start a business there right where that barbecue place was or something. But can't get it, though. So what they do, they hustle out. Everybody knows where to go for the star phone. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. you know, Miss Miss Jessie's doing the plate. So go. That's literally where they go and get their fries and, and sandwiches and stuff. So, like... It's dumb. It can't. It's so illogical that obviously it's intentional. Mm. And then what do you do? That's the question. What do you do? Make your money. You just say fuck it and just go get your bag. <laughs> yeah. You talk to the hippies and find out where they got their investments from, <laughs> and, and try to make friends with them, and encourage them to give you money. Hey, and, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Shout out to Barrels Beer Company. Yeah, I'm, I'm not kidding at all. <laughs> and it tastes good. Let me go um, pull another cup. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. I think that I think about that, like being an artist. Do you take sponsorships? You know, especially being Hell in the poetry yeah. world, we are not gonna take a sponsorship. Like. You're not. So we're going to be in a van and drive to Texas instead of taking this sponsorship. Mm. No, we're not. 
No, we're not. We're taking the sponsorship. We're going to try and keep it as authentic as possible. Any sponsor that wants to change the content, no. And that's your line. I mean, that's my line. Why? My content is mine. Anything else, we can we can pimp for Jesus if we need to. Pimp for Jesus? I stole that. That might, be the, damn, that might be the title of this episode. <laughs> pimp, or, or that's your new mixtape. Pimp for Jesus. <laughs> Goddamn. All right, man. So I noticed um, that you're light skin. <laughs> you see how I lean back because I knew Davey was going to say some shit like that. You go ask her if her car works. Where? Davey has a theory that light skinned girls' cars don't work. Is that That's true? amazing. Man, What's the you, math? Help me understand. Why are you living in the are past? You, graffiti? you said it, bro. I have so many questions. Graffiti's bringing up all this old stuff. <laughs> bringing up shit a My question is. Highlight the gold she says you got blonde tips. Talk to her, roast them. Right roast that nigga. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> you kind of cut me a little bit. Let, I don't let me, know why. Let me ask. Let me ask you. Do you believe in light skin privilege? Oh, yeah. Oh, see. How, come on. Yeah. <laughs> smooth I thought you were going to ask me. I was hoping we would talk about colorism, yeah. Why y'all so close? What's happening? Because I was ready to fight. <laughs> you see, I have my hands on the bottom. It's like, where are we going? No, I don't know. Um, did make me a little nervous. <gasps> light skin privilege? Yeah. yeah. I don't ask the crazy questions. That's graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you started a little bit. <laughs> no, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all day. All day. It's, I don't even, we can expound upon that, but just all day. I get caseless in my car and in the, the blocks that it takes for somebody to recognize that I'm black in my car versus, you know, somebody else to recognize as a difference between the time that it takes to U-turn mm-hmm. right there. Do you feel like you're discriminated in the community for being of lighter complexion? Does it challenge your wokeness? <laughs> Hey, that's a real last question. Does it challenge? No. No. I don't really know how it could, but I understand that's probably a thing. I just have a hard time conceptualizing how it... Maybe it's because, like... I think he's trying to say, like, you too light-skinned to be that woke. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. Y'all met Susie Q. That's not what I said. met Susie Q. Smith, actually... Hey, shout-out to Susie Q. Smith. Man. Yeah, shout-out to Susie Q. Smith. Yeah. Um... No, you have to fight for your blackness more. So, like, when I was saying I don't fit anywhere, like, yeah. you know, you're too black for folks, you're too white for folks. Um, yeah. But you have to fight for your blackness. And I've definitely seen people who chose, kind of. Mm-hmm. I had, um, growing up, friends who didn't go in the sun. As much not friends, acquaintances. I tried to make them our friend, but then I realized we didn't both like hip-hop. I was like, oh, we're... That was the first <laughs> time I realized there's different black people like that. <laughs> I was like, wait. There's the niggas that like hip-hop, and then... The other ones. Yeah. And I met some of the other ones and I was like, I don't So you No, I thought we were gonna be a dance crew. I really did. Um like, you know that new Reba McIntyre? Like, <laughs> no. I, I, I she was like, I can't go to the pool because my mom said I'm getting too dark and I, wow. I don't Whoa. This has been fun. Mm. <laughs> I gotta go. Um but no, once I decided I wasn't gonna polarize from and so I went in the other direction. I talked I tried to talk super black and less Westminster for a long time. A mm-hmm. um, couple years, right around middle school. And then let that go. Um, no. I think that maybe, I don't know, I think I have blind spots. There's probably a lot of things that would be easier for me if I were looking for the easy thing. Mm. I don't But because know you didn't go are. that route. Yeah. Okay. I was ready to fight. 
<laughs> so light skin privilege is real. That's All right. super real. I got a final size question. Size privilege is real. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, nah, you good. Size privilege. Size privilege yeah, let's... is super real. I could. I don't have to guess whether or not I can go into a store and shop. Mm. I can't shop with my friends. Mm. Like their stores are different stores than mine. And it's probably high privilege too. Completely. Actually, I was just reading in Blink. I'm not going to well. Um, I was reading that um, CEOs, while the general population is like 12% of men are right around six foot, but when you get to the CEO population, it's like 58%. We just, we believe people more when they're taller and stuff. That's interesting. I said some shit like that last time. Because when we were talking to uh, Mike Gomez mm-hmm. and Adrian Swish and all of them, I'm like, damn, all these cats with this money is, like, tall. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was bugging out. Tony but you just confirmed it. whole thing off weird. of being tall, <laughs> deep voice. Yeah, you know, yeah. different things like that. And every time like, I meet somebody that got, like, real money, yeah, they talk tall. To I'm like, Because yeah. people just believe them more. So I'm not tripping. No, no, the math stands as. <laughs> yeah. These are the people who will, in general, now there are CEOs, they named, and I forget the gentleman's name, but he's like short and black, and he's one of the top CEOs in the nation. So, I mean, these things happen, but the layers of better that you have to be are uncanny. Right. Damn. Shit gets deep, man. So, I'm going to ask you one final question, then we're going to let you roll. Come on. If you had to leave one thing with the earth, what would that be? Oh, wow. You know what's interesting is I'm becoming a new person. So I had two answers rushed to the front of my head at once before it would have been my books. I've kept all my books since. Uh, most all my books and journals and rhyme books. I make about 120% more than I release because mm-hmm. um, I'm doing this for survival. This is every day. This is like when you want to grab a bottle, when you want to grab this, you go ahead and grab your rhyme book. Um, so I would have said my books, but I had a, I had a seedling. And okay. so she's a person, and I guess her, she's my mini, and she's going to go ruin everything. Mm. Yeah. That's dope, but I worded that wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I meant a message. So like, what would you say to the world? Like, knowledge-wise, what would what's yeah, something that you would leave for the people? I dig. I was like, like, like yeah, a time capsule. <laughs> I would put lip balm and <laughs> my baby and rhyme books. Um, I think that anytime people are expressing or imposing pain that there is something that can be supported or fixed to improve the situation. Mm. I believe that people are doing their best and with education that best could be better. I believe that especially marginalized populations um, have been going through for absolutely ever and as we talk about that's a lot of why I push mental health because so much of what's going on with it, so much of what's going on with gang violence, so much that's going on with that is hurt and underserved people perpetuating pain. Mm. And I think there's a lot of ideas about moral failing around that instead of just saying you're hurt and we need to take care of that. The first time I looked at one of my dudes in workshops, like, you know, trying to reform from gang activity, whatever, and you know they were trying to scare you at first. Like, miss, I'm violent, I'm crazy, I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, yeah, me too. Who <laughs> <laughs> we want to do? We want to compare scars. I know you got yours from strangers. That's almost easier. You want to talk. Like, um, the first time you tell them, like, that sounds really painful. 
It sounds like you're in a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, break. Just whole shell breaks. And I don't see anything. And maybe some people are so far gone into that that they can't be around general population. They can't be in society and they won't ever be safe in their lifetime. But I believe that's where all that comes from. Right. And I think the more we humanize and push mental health, the more we will have to address greed, racism, all of it, all of it, access. Because um, it'll come down to why do you want to be more than the people around you? Addiction. Why do you, if you do drugs every day, which I have absolutely no judgment for, <laughs> what are, what's wrong with the, your regular brain? Something's mm. going on there. If you need to relax, you're not relaxed right now just being you. Right. Why isn't that relaxing? Um, humans don't want to be in pain. And we deserve support. Damn. Another one. Shit. <laughs> right, right. You son of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got some incense? Y'all got some incense? <laughs> All the stereotypes in this motherfucker. Light some candles and shit. Man, well, we appreciate you. Yeah, have happy to come back because I feel like we can go for forever. Yeah, I can do this. All kind of big words and shit. <laughs> so, man, <laughs> let's, let's make some noise, y'all, for Miss Bianca McCann. Hey. hey, real quick, real quick. Where can, where can people find you? Oh, my name is so weird. It's mine everywhere. It's Bianca like regular and uh, Macan M is a Mary I K A H and at anything oh, Twitter, sorry. Facebook, um, all of the likes. The songs are on the tunes, iTunes, and Spotify's and things. Work. Yeah. And I'll be, um, I don't know when, when does this come out? Shit, it'll come out sometime. Okay, fair. <laughs> just, just say something. Before July? Yeah. Okay, I'm rocking. I'm headlining the Inner Peace Out Festival on July 27th. Okay. Which a with a Randy band of characters, Sweet. and um, that should be a real good time. Word, word, and, and word. quick uh, shout out to our producer Julius for holding it down on the yeah, board. Bang, bang! Hey, 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 you got anything you want to add, Julius? Get money. Huh? <laughs> hey, niggas. Hold up, hold up, and a shout out. Hold up, we got somebody else back there. Nico, come here real quick. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's going on? Y'all make some noise for Nico real quick. Hey. 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 We're just gonna wrap it, wrap it up, but I'm gonna slide you the mic real quick. Gotta put the audience on spot. Hi everybody. What's up, Nico? So she was talking about the youth and like mental health and violence and all that, and you work in that field, so I just wanted you to shine some light real quick. I've been working with, um, well, I started off working with teenage girls nine years ago. Um, I worked at Excelsior Youth Center, okay. which was a treatment facility. Um, now I work at um, Mount View Youth Service Center, so it's the jail. <laughs> um, and I work with boys and girls. Um, when I started working there, I had never really worked with boys. Mm. Um, and a lot of those boys are angry. A lot of those boys were in gangs. Um, some of them were there. I work in the regression. That's the kids that keep coming back. So they're trying to, some of them are like 19 and 20, and um, they're trying to finish their juvenile time. Right. So, I mean, pretty much what I do as, I'm a security officer, but as an officer, I still try to do what I was doing, which is counseling. Right. So I still try to, right, so I still try to show them some support and let them know, like, hey, what are your goals when you leave? Like, what do you want to do? Like, you can't continue to, focus on being with your homeboys and selling dope and, you know, gangbang and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of the boys respect me, right. which I didn't think was going to happen, but <laughs> I have more problems with the girls than I do with the boys. Uh, um, but, I mean, a lot of these kids just don't have support. 
Um, I've worked with girls who have been trafficked. Mm. Um, and trafficking is huge in Colorado. And For a lot real? of people don't know that. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know that. There are a lot of girls that get trafficked here from the ages of 13 to 20. Yeah. Um, I have a girl when that... They turn, they, then they call it sex workers. Right. Then they're choosing. Right, they exactly. And I mean, a lot of these girls, they're on the run. Mm-hmm. So they need to make money. They right. get with somebody that says, hey, I'm going to give you some shelter, give you somewhere to stay. And then they start selling them. And you know, making them have sex with people they don't want to have sex with, and they feel like they don't have a choice. Um, So we have, and then they start doing, you know, other things to make money. And I mean, these girls are go, they go to trial and they're scared because they feel like those people are gonna find their families and murder their mom and dad because that's what they're telling these girls. I'm like, they don't know where you live. They met you downtown. So they don't know who your mom and dad is, but these are kids and they still think like kids. But that's always been my passion. Uh, my cousin worked at Excelsior for 15 years. Wow. wow. And her, her telling me the stories about these kids, I wanted to get involved and I wanted to do something. I did retail forever. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do something that means something. I got a degree in criminal justice. And my choice was to work with kids. And, Word. you know, you can't turn a grown-up around. You can't teach, can't teach an old dog new tricks. I tell so them, man. You can't to, save these old You know, ones. and some of my girls are... Married and they have kids and some of our girls are actually trying to do this. I have a girl that was trafficked that now she helps the police try to track some of these people down Mm. and, you know, turn that around for the rest of the girls and and speak and she has a voice for those girls. I have another girl who was a huge drug addict and now she does this. She does what I do. And to speak to that, not to like beat a dead horse, but most of our mental health... um, response is happening in the justice system Mm -hmm. so i mean if we think about that so we get a young person ends up going through whatever they go through and making these decisions without a frontal lobe mind you Mm -hmm. (laughs) like and gets judged for this and gets penalized and then you find out inside of there first of all i'm amazed and and so thankful that you have that training because and no criticism of them, but most of the security guards don't. And they don't. Most care. of the people who are, you know, taking care of our underserved youth, don't even have training in this, in mm-hmm. um, suicide prevention and these things. I do those trainings, and like, so a lot of our law enforcement is not trained. Um, they will be. I hear there's some great things happening there, but most of our mental health support or finding diagnosis happens in jails. Right. So if somebody, after making a bunch of challenging life decisions, find out. After getting a sentence that they have bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. like all like and trauma, it's a lot of trauma, trauma and they like, don't understand. Some of these kids were already sexually molested uh-huh. at home, and that's why they do the stuff that they do on the streets because yeah. sex is love. Like they feel like this is how I get support. Like this is how somebody loves me. This is yeah. what I've been shown. So yeah, a lot of kids do have bipolar disorder, and that's big in the the African-American community, and you know it's a stigma with us. Like, yeah. you can't talk about people being right. crazy and needing drugs and, and stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? We yeah. can't not, mm-hmm. right? Right, right, like, exactly. You know, we We've been through a lot as a people. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? And, that's what, and I was actually talking to my daughter about this. My yeah. daughter's 16, and I was telling her, you know, because I have a, a 20-year-old son. He has bipolar. He okay, takes meds. Yeah. Um, and it took us a long time because uh, a rural mental health, it is really hard to find a a doctor who could actually like who gives a shit and actually really cares and mm-hmm. the doctor i mean it took us long uh, like at least a couple years for him to mm-hmm. get on track to the point where he can function without 
having like you know serious depression mm-hmm. or you know having these outbursts where he's just pissed mm-hmm. and doesn't know how to control that. But now that we have the right meds, he has the right dosage. He's doing well. Right. He's he's trying to finish school and do what he's supposed to do. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of black people just don't have that support and. When I was working at Excelsior, there we I knew all the black people that worked there. That's yeah. how small of a, of our community was there. You know what I'm saying? And it was it's about maybe five or six of us, but we really gave a damn about those kids. Word. And, and a lot of our in a lot of hold them up, were up, not hold black up. kids. Hold up, hold up, hold up, because we're gonna have y'all back. Because it's, like, <laughs> it's like this is like a whole other show right here. Yeah, it is a whole other show. We already wrapped the shit up. <laughs> Thank you for bringing yeah, me up. Yeah, we appreciate y'all, man. Because y'all gotta help. We gotta help these kids. These kids is is really what matters. So we appreciate y'all for real. We're gonna clap it up for Nico. Hey, damn, man. Lots of knowledge. <laughs> Life is so podcast. I'm Graffiti. And I'm Dave. <laughs> All right, skirt. This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water, vitamin water. Regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Copyright 2020, Glasso. This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water, vitamin water. Regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Copyright 2020, Glasso.